You're listening to the 1208 Podcast from 1208 Greenwood Free Methodist Church in downtown Jackson, Michigan. about Easter is hard because there's so much that happened right before Easter. And so a lot of times when I was growing up, I'd go to church and the thing that they would always preach on on Easter was the cross, which was weird because that happened Friday, right? Uh, but because churches tended to become so like focused on always got to talk about the cross, the cross, the cross every Sunday to get anyone saved who doesn't know about the cross, the cross, the cross. Uh, that was where all the attention seemed focused. So for me, I, I didn't always hear much about resurrection. Uh, that was just kind of like put at the end of it. The cross didn't win. Jesus won and he's alive. Okay, go home. You know, it's like, okay, but can you pan that out a little bit more? Like, what does that mean? He's still alive. Because we see people come back to life all the time today. That's pretty commonplace. You go to the hospital. They've got an ambulance. They caught you in time. They're going to bring you back to life. You got knocked out. Well, we have things where we can bring you back through CPR and things like that. You drown in a lake, someone can get the water out of you, bring you back. So bringing people back to life, that's, that's pretty commonplace to us. Now, it's unusual to die on a cross and then be brought to life by all means, but the idea of dying and coming back to life is somewhat more normal for us than it would have been in ancient times and maybe therefore doesn't quite strike you as, as intensely. But... The difference, of course, we'd then say is that Jesus then floated into the heavens (laughs) and is alive forevermore, which is great. But like, what does that mean, too? Like, how? What goes on there? Like, how how does that all pan out? I think a lot of times when we get focused on all this stuff, actually, in the midst of it, what we skip is resurrection. We define it more or less as a divine CPR. Somebody has already back now. He's been brought back. And we even have miracles within the church uh, throughout the ages of people who have legitimately died, been dead for days, and then brought back several days later. So we have those kinds of stories, too, of crazy miracles that God has done. But the difference with Jesus is that he was not revived. Jesus was not um, just brought back from the dead to die again. Jesus was resurrected. And when you're resurrected for the end of all things, that means that you put on a new kind of body. And we know this especially because when you read what Paul has to say all throughout the New Testament, Paul is crazy about resurrection. Like it's his favorite topic. Like Paul was a Pharisee. You didn't expect him to get saved. You know, one of the things that I think really got his attention about Christianity after God got his attention in other ways, it was the resurrection. That was a hot topic in their time. Some people believed it. Some people didn't. Sadducees didn't. Sadducees didn't even have a supernatural view. It's just you died, you died. It's over. But the Pharisees, ooh, they were all about resurrection. They were trying to prove their doctrine for some time. Interesting that Jesus proved resurrection for them, and yet they're the ones that tried to get him killed. He, he was the strongest proof that they would ever have. But the Pharisees were so into resurrection. <laughs> there's an interesting story where Paul gets uh, uh, taken into a council. He's arrested, and then he's brought before Pharisees and Sadducees. And Paul starts to realize that he's in the room. He's like, 
These are two different denominations going on here. And I know that they love to fight about resurrection. And so Paul at one point says, look, I'm just here because of the resurrection. (laughs) And the Pharisees who get Jesus killed and they're mad at Paul because he's preaching Jesus. Suddenly the Pharisees are like, whoa, hold up. What are you talking about, Paul? Well, Jesus, he was resurrected. Uh Really? (laughs) And suddenly Pharisees are like, hang on. We see no faults with this Paul man. Let him go. And the Sadducees are like, what are you talking about? We brought him in here because he's, he's pushing the Jesus thing. Yeah, no, it's fine. Resurrection. <laughs> no, not resurrection. And suddenly it says that the, the guards had to pull Paul out of the room because they were afraid he was going to get torn to pieces. Yes. It's, yes. it's a cross-denominational uh, WWE fight going on here, right? People are about to, like, destroy Paul over the conversation of resurrection. But Paul loved it so much that he talks about it all the time. And I've read books, modern books today. Uh, There was one book I really enjoyed 90% of it. It was all about science. And I love science. I'm a supernaturalist, but I'm also not a scientist. But I like science. (laughs) Uh, I'm boldly on both sides of that conversation to a point in which it usually annoys people. But... Um, when it comes to like this book, like I'm reading it, it's all science, it's all great. I'm like, thank you, God. We needed someone to, to approve of science in the, in the church to this level. This is so great. And then I get to the end, he's like, also the resurrection's not real, and Jesus wasn't God. And I was like, whoa, what the, who did you have? Dude, <laughs> what happened? 90% and then you missed like 10%. But that 10% is so crucial, you actually missed the 90% at the same time. Like, how is that possible? Paul said that if there's no such thing as resurrection, you are still in your sins. And when we come together as a church and we're always preaching the cross, the cross, the cross, the cross is what saves us. Paul would actually clarify, but yes, the cross and the resurrection. Because if there's no resurrection, then Jesus is dead. And if Jesus is dead, then there's no forgiveness of sins. And if there's no forgiveness of sins, then you should be pitied because you're living your life for something that isn't actually real and happening. Strong words, Paul. That's how much Paul stood on the doctrine of resurrection. It has to be real or we're all screwed. It has to be true or everything else is false. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, what are we doing? But Paul, of course, knows that he has. And since Jesus has been risen from the dead and is the firstborn of the dead, guess what that makes you? Secondborn. You come next. You get in on the resurrection too. And again, when I say resurrection, I don't mean you come back to life CPR. I mean, you put on a new body like Jesus did. Amen. Yes. Jesus does so much weird stuff in the gospel that a lot of times we're like, well, when Jesus is risen from the dead, he just does more weird stuff. No, the stuff Jesus does after he's been risen from the dead is extra weird. He can vanish like an angel. Angels can like appear and disappear. Jesus now does that too. <laughs> He breaks bread with his disciples. It's like something out of a TV show. Where'd he go? I don't know, but that was epic. I guess that was Jesus, huh? Yeah, how do we not know that was him? I don't know. He looked different. I like what it says when Peter sees Jesus. It's like, he didn't have to ask because he knew it was him. 
What kind of statement is that? I don't do that about Jody. I didn't have to ask. I knew it was Jody, right? I think. Something's different about this body. Paul says that it's physical and spiritual. This body can cross over into heaven. That's not how bodies work, you guys. (laughs) You have places throughout the Bible where like a prophet's spirit crosses over to heaven. But physical material does not go into the spiritual realm. But this new body of Jesus's does. But it's not just spiritual. It's redeemed flesh. It's still human. Jesus does, to prove this, Jesus eats a fish. Because at one point the disciples are in a room and then they turn around and, oh, there's Jesus. How did he get in this locked room? (laughs) What does Jesus respond with? He eats a fish. Weird, weird response. Except he's making a point like, I'm not a ghost. I'm not just a spirit. Spirits don't eat fish. This is something new. This is something different. And Paul says that the bodies that we have right now, they're just like a, a, a seed of that. That this is buried in the ground, but then out of it comes the resurrected body when the resurrection comes. That the body that is coming cannot be corrupted. Yes. It cannot die. That's right. It is immortal. Like a spiritual being. And it lives forever. And the Bible goes on to talk about how like looking at ourselves in the mirror is like seeing Jesus. That we will become so much like him that we won't be able to tell the difference. That doesn't mean like you look physically the same. What it means is you're liberated from sin. You too have been crucified and brought into new life. In the resurrection... You won't be able to sin. And it's not because your free will was taken away. It's because the compulsion to do any such thing is so far beyond you. It's because your body is a resurrected body, which only grows the fruit of the spirit. And that fruit looks like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And you are putting that on right now. Because just like the kingdom of God is not just coming, but is already here. So the resurrected body is not just coming, but is already here. And this is something that the church has often got missed the point on for so long. And I grew up this way where it's just like, I'm just a schmuck. I can't do anything right. I'm gross and ugly. I'm sorry, God, I'm so pitiful. One day it will make me right. But in the meantime, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. And that's okay because we all have been there. But that's not the way the Bible talks about you. That's not the way the Bible talks about your ability to be better than that. The way that the Bible talks about your life right now is that because Jesus was resurrected and put on the resurrected body, when you receive his Holy Spirit, who is the one who makes the resurrected body, the Holy Spirit begins to already craft the resurrection right now. Not just later, right right now. One day the Holy Spirit will do it in full and you'll look exactly like Jesus. But the way the Bible talks about the, the Spirit putting on the resurrection right now is he's already crafting you into that. You don't just have to be more loving later. You can do it now. And the way that the Bible writes about that is that you should be doing it now. In fact, the word that Paul uses is we're being transformed into his likeness. But that word transformed, metamorphoso. Sound familiar? Metamorphosis. You're like a butterfly put into a cocoon. 
You're still the same, but you're also different. You're going to come out looking incredibly different, but you as an entity has not changed. Something's changing. It's transforming. It's metamorphosizing. That is the resurrection. It is not just about later. It is about right now as well. When Christians live in the resurrected life, demons go, compulsions go. The old ways that we used to live go. We start to treat people differently. We start to think differently. If we are supposed to love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, then your heart begins to change. Your mind begins to change. Your soul begins to change. And your strength begins to change. Because the Spirit is interested in your resurrection right now. The idea that only some can be good enough to achieve this place of being a saint. It's not true. That's for you too. That's for all of us. In fact, the Bible just calls you all saints. calls you holy ones. And that's interesting too. Because holy ones in the Bible, those were spiritual beings of heaven in God's courtroom. Paul takes that same term that's used for the spiritual beings of heaven, says that's you now. In other words, the old corrupt spiritual beings of heaven, because God doesn't trust his holy ones, is what Job says. They're getting kicked out and you're getting kicked in. Just like the false gods were supposed to live forever, but Psalm 82 says now they're going to die like men. They're going to face death, which they never thought possible. And you, a human being, are going to face immortality, which we never thought possible. Resurrection is the building block of Jesus upon which the gospel stands. This is why we call it good news. This is why we celebrate Easter. Because our story does not end in the ground. The grave is not the last word. The resurrection is. Jesus did not die long ago. He is still alive. Have you talked to him? He's got a lot to say. And when we listen, heaven breaks through. When we listen, resurrection breaks through. When we listen, things begin to change. And heaven comes to Jackson. Resurrection is not just about Jesus. It's also about you. Easter is not just his story, but it is a story extended to you. So as we come together and we continue to encourage one another and metamorphose together to become all that we are supposed to be, we should expect that that will make a shift in our community. We should expect that that will make a shift in each other's lives. We should expect that our schedules will change. That things that aren't worth the time and energy and effort we put into it get chiseled out. The things that God cares about get chiseled in.
Resurrection is also going to one day take over the whole planet. This is one of the things that was always left out of Easter for me too. It's this idea that when we die, we all go to heaven just like Jesus did. That's true, but that's the intermediate state. That is not actually resurrection. That's just waiting for resurrection. So the Bible all over the place keeps talking about one day Jesus will come back because he's not dead. He just went to heaven. And one day he's coming back to earth. And when he comes back to earth, he's going to come with all of the Christians who have died before us, along with all of his angels, along with the heavenly host. And if we're still here at that time, we will rise up off the ground to meet him in the air. People usually call this the rapture, but the way we think of the rapture is that we just like vanish and somehow leave our clothes behind uh, and we're just gone and we never come back as the earth blows up. That's not the rapture. What we think, what we think that we call the rapture is actually Jesus is coming home and we rise up to meet him on his way down. But Jesus doesn't come down and pick us up and they're like, all right, see you, I'm out. <laughs> no, because that's not resurrection. That's not new creation. Jesus is interested in this planet, believe it or not. He is interested in redeeming the whole thing because God doesn't screw up. He didn't make the Garden of Eden, then put us in it and say, oh, we screwed that one up. I forget it. It wasn't a big deal. It's just a planet. No, God is interested in the redemption of everything. And so Jesus is coming back at some point. And we will join him on his way down, not to go up, but to come down and begin to change everything into what it was supposed to be like. And Jesus says everything is shaken at that point. Everything, the heavens, the earth, the planet, it all gets shaken. And anything that falls down, it doesn't belong in the new world. So what's going to stand? Is it us? Should be if we're resurrected. Is it this church building? Maybe. That'd be cool. Will Jesus station me back at 12.08 in the resurrection life to serve you? Maybe. Maybe I'll sit where you're sitting and you'll serve me. (laughs) I don't know. But the resurrection life is is very different and yet all familiar. C.S. Lewis talks about it's kind of like seeing our old playfellow Recognizing them on one hand and yet at the same time, very different. I'm sure I botched that quote. You can Google it. You'll probably find it somewhere. Uh, But everything that doesn't belong gets torn down. Heaven, on earth, under the earth. And that which remains standing gets into the new creation. That's why John in Revelation tells us to be pillars. Be pillars. Stand strong. Don't get shaken over Because we're going on. Heaven is coming. One day heaven and earth meet. Like a slappy wet kiss. And they become one. Unified. And I don't know about you, but if that resurrection body can go back and forth between the two, I'm going to do it all the time just to weird you out. (laughs) Now you see me, now you don't. Ate a fish, ran away. Broke some bread, disappeared. Thanks, Janice, (laughs) for humoring me. I'm excited. 
For the longest time in my life, Resurrection was about going to a place that had a really long worship service and golden streets. And I was supposed to think, I guess that's cool. <laughs> I wasn't really sure. I mean, maybe, I guess, but like, that doesn't match anything I super know here. But when you begin to realize that resurrection is about the planet that you already know and love and God redeeming it, oh, that's going to be pretty great. And this is why Paul didn't care so much about the things that he missed out on. He knew he'd be back. This is why Paul didn't care if they killed him. He knew he'd be back. It was an exciting world to come. And Jesus gives us the chance to start bringing it in now. That's why he talked about the kingdom of heaven as his favorite topic. Because the kingdom of heaven is not a place you go and you die. It is a place you are installing on the earth already. That stands up when everything else is shaken. So Jesus, we come before you right now trying to build your resurrection life in ourselves and around us and recognizing that only you can do that. It's your fruit. God, I think of a friend that I was taking through a dreamscape um, um, vision that we talked about here at 1208 before where we just daydream with you. And Jesus, you were there with them. And every time I told my friend to go water the uh, the fruit in their garden that, they, that you had put in their garden there, the Holy Spirit would always go and water it himself. They could never do it. Your Holy Spirit would always naturally water it for them. Because it is your fruit. If we're willing to give our gardens over to you for you to grow it. If we're willing to let you chisel at us. And that's hard. We don't always want to love. Sometimes we want to be hateful. We don't always have joy, especially after a pandemic. Sometimes we just have depression and sorrow. God here in America... Peace is hardly a thing. All of our movies are of violence. All of our media is of destruction. We are built so much around military and so much of our money goes to war. We don't know peace. Will we yield it to you? About self-control where we get mad, where we want to lash out at someone? Are we going to keep on this flesh of Adam that we were born with? Or are we going to let it break off as your Holy Spirit brings about a a new kind of flesh underneath, the flesh of Jesus? How often do we talk about just wanting to rip off our flesh and not live at all like a human being? But Jesus, that's not what you're doing. You're actually interested in the redemption of our flesh. And so we don't need to just become spiritual beings. You're going to restore even the bad stuff that we have going on. You're going to bring us from the first Adam to to the second one. Just do it in us, we pray. Do it in me.
Holy Spirit, come dwell in us. Same Spirit that raised Christ from the grave, come dwell in us, raise us from the grave. God reigns, our God reigns, forever your kingdom reigns, our God reigns, our God reigns, forever kingdom reigns and our God reigns our God reigns forever your kingdom reigns 
restore us. All these things that just went through our mind. All those unresurrected things. Take them. Anyone who had this thought of a, a fleshy heart. Um, take that. Give it to them. Take it all, God. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's all yours. You're good to us, and we thank you. Just thank you. Have a great Easter. We'll catch you guys next week.